Hi. I didn't know you were here. Hey, welcome to another uh, episode of Cancel Culture. And right now, I'd like to introduce our host. Okay, he is the wizard of weird. Okay, he is the tycoon of trivia. Ladies and gentlemen, I can only be talking about one man. Yes. It is comedian John Kensel. John! Hey, thank you very much for listening to our super show today. Uh, I'm here with the legendary Wid. Hi, everybody. Uh, prop comic extraordinaire. Uh, Wid's been known around for years with his uh, sledgeomatic and his curly red hair. Hey. And his. <laughs> Those are the other two prop comics, John. Uh, you know, and we should have proper respect for our good friend Gallagher, who just passed away. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, he was uh, he was pretty much of a pioneer of the uh, prop comedy, and uh, made many specials. And uh, you know, he um, he'd set up for me and Carrot Top, and uh, you know, and uh, I want to I want to thank him and have a you know a, a, you know my. You know, uh, give him a proper respect. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, you think about the prop comics. Him, Carrot Top, Bill Bixby, you, uh, Dan Rather. That's a, it's a, it's a neat... Dan, Dan Rather, wait. You mean Dan Rather from CBS? Okay, no. All right, so... But Dan Rather uh, is not a prop comedian, oh. John. Okay, he just uh, he manipulates the facts. That's uh, about uh, all he does. See, but, uh, I, see, is Dan I, Rather still around? Even? Uh, yes, he is. He's trying to reinvent himself as an 89-year-old. Uh, he interviews rock bands. And you should see him, too. He's like, uh, David Crosby, did anybody ever call you Larry Fine? Uh, it's just awful. He's trying to re re redo his coolness and hipness by interviewing like, uh, Pearl Jam and, you know, Donovan and the crazy world of Arthur Brown, like all the popular guys. But, Wid, look at this great studio here and this great background. Look at that there. Very cool. There. It's cancel yes. culture right there. I'm touching it right there. Look at that right there. Cancel culture uh, is now in a new facility, okay? It's here in uh, Cheltenham. Yeah, it was built over an Indian radiation material burial ground. There's two-headed dogs outside running around. Well, I, uh, Cheltenham always sounded to me like an Indian word, meaning... It's, yeah, like it's something an Indian magician says when he does a trick. Cheltenham! And oh. watch me pull a rabbit on my wigwam. Well, that's why they wear hats, to Christ, keep their wigwam. What a okay. <laughs> no, All right, this became the 1965 Dean Martin roast all of a sudden. <laughs> but, uh, and we're, we're dressed up tonight. We look like two uh, Philadelphia newscasters with Philadelphia accents. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and you know what? Accents are, uh, are, are something that gives uh, Philadelphia its, uh, its distinct personality. You know, when you can talk like that, that's from the Dutch. We have that from uh, the, the Philadelphia accent is actually from the Dutch. And I have just gotten... Okay, the largest uh, amount of followers from one post that I did during uh, when I snuck into the uh, I snuck into the World Series game. Okay, I can still do it. Okay, I, I've snuck into thousands of different things. I snuck into the recent World Series game. I put on a tuxedo. He put it on and, backwards. And, no, I, <laughs> that's how I, I I put on a tuxedo, a ten dollar tuxedo that I bought at a thrift stop, and I walked up to uh, one of the uh, entrances. 
they opened the door for me and just let me go. They just saw me in a uh, tuxedo and let me go. And, oh, uh, he's, yeah, and wait, I said, play ball. Okay. He's a magician. Enrico Palazzi is going to sing the national anthem. But I, uh, I had a friend who was out in front of the uh, uh, stadium, and he was playing the saxophone and, uh, you know, busking for money. And a young girl was there, and I, I don't know, I think she might have had a, a few drinks or anything. Nice-looking young girl. But her Philadelphia accent was so prominent oh my God. that she said she was on the phone, and my friend was uh, fixing his sax, and he go, she goes to her mother, Yo, Mom. I'm across the street near the saxophone. Yeah, I'm over near the saxophone. John, it got 10,000 views, yeah. okay? And everybody said there's nothing more Philadelphia uh, than this. There's a, On weekends, there's a uh, infomercials for car dealerships uh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in this area. They call it the Delaware Valley uh -huh. because uh, George Washington, Delaware, who you know, flew across the Atlantic in the spirit of St. Louis, that's where he's from. But wait, then the wait, wait. Wait, uh, back up, John. He did not fly. That was Lindberger. Uh, yes, he's he's, he's one of invented cheese its But they, uh, but uh, where the hell was I going with this? You screwed me all up. <laughs> all right. Uh, sorry, oh John. no. There's an infomercials on for people who sell you know cars on weekends uh -huh. in the area, and I've driven past. We, some, we look like car salesmen yeah. right here, baby. Yeah. I've I've looked like a, a, a weekend weather reporter on a Scranton TV station. Wearing a suit like this, right? <laughs> but uh, he, uh, uh, but oh, sorry. The TV local commercials, and it's in every city has them, but uh, they have one in Philadelphia, and it's like, and I've seen people shooting them. Okay. They try and do wacky things. They they buy an hour of TV on like you know Fred's Honda and you know Carl's to Toyotas and you know Ron Jeremy's blimp mobiles and stuff like that. But uh, you know that type of cars. But uh, the the accents. You hear the Philadelphia accent. Yeah, get down here now. We're gonna, we have a deal for you. Get down here. It, it, it's ridiculous. Why well, not in California? It's a state. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a. Uh, they had a. Uh, I thought I lost my Philadelphia accent, right? And yeah, you think you did, right? Oh my god, I, I found it big time when I moved back. But when I was out there, people used to ask me because uh, my accent, like you talk so fast and three word clips, and your top lip doesn't move. But they asked me. Uh, I got my haircut one time, and the girl said, uh, "Wow, where are you from, England?" And she thought I had a Scottish or an English accent. I <laughs> asked if I have an Irish accent, and uh, but it's it's just re it's remarkable. And uh, uh, when I, so I, it's like Madonna, how she got a, a, a European an English accent because she lives in in England or wherever and, she lives at, and she's pretentious. Yeah, she's very, but now she and she she's from Detroit, but she speaks with a. You know, like a she's a high noble person from in England, uh, you know, with her meat pies and blood pudding. All right. But I, uh, but so I moved back to Philadelphia and I go to a, a restaurant, a diner, and the first thing the girl said was, Use guys ready to order. Right. And then I went to a while the next day and, and the girl said, Next in lion. Is that a line next to lawyer? Wait, what's going on? But this video it has, it's very funny. It's a real pretty, real pretty blonde girl. Yeah, mom, I'm here by the guy with the saxophone. 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 But there's certain words that you could say with a Philadelphia accent that sound much better. Like casino. Okay? Where have you, uh, for a casino, casino, 
uh, I love to say in, in a Philadelphia accent, psycho. Oh, uh-huh. he's psycho. Okay. Uh-huh. And it, it fits perfectly. My, my mom used to say things like, uh, stop putting my clothes on. No, my mom used to say <laughs> things like, uh, uh, that must have been a drag. Sorry, John. My mom used to say things like uh, battery, Eagles for the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles, battery, uh, radio, water, hot dog, uh, persimmon. And, uh, but, uh, but it's nice to be back here on our super new super studio studio here. Very cool here tonight, too. Uh, Radioactive bricks behind us right there. Purple bricks there. And, uh, but we had a, uh, it's nice to be back on the air again, too. It's, we have a lot to get yeah. out, a lot to talk about. And uh, we did some neat shows this week. Now, we were, we were talking earlier before the show started about uh, Gallagher. All yeah, right? and uh, we, I think we talked about him on the show, yeah, too, I, just I, I, now, right? But um, the, the, the best part about Gallagher is, if you read, you know, the, you know, he had 27 Showtime specials. The best part, though, if you read about it, uh, read the comments and stories offstage. His offstage antics were incredible like this he, he was a he was a character off stage as well as on stage and uh there's been reports that uh oh my god that uh for the last couple of years he's just been uh, because he's had tax troubles was it tax troubles oh man yes and uh he was riding around going to different uh comedy clubs and uh he would just come and show up with the sledgematic and uh, a bunch of hawaiian shirts that yeah. he bought at goodwill oh it was brutal because on ETV years ago, uh, they had uh, the rise and fall of Gallagher, and it's actually very, it was very interesting. But um, he took a comedy class in the early seventies, taught at a Sherman Oaks Community College, taught by sure. George Carlin. Okay, and in the in the audience was Gallagher, Bill Kirkenbauer, and Will Shiner, who Letterman loves Will Shiner. Will Shiner is very funny. Yeah. But these are guys who you know, became kind of popular, and then he kind of faded away a little bit. But Gallagher uh, started doing that. But uh, in the 90s, I guess, on ETV, they did a profile about he went bankrupt. Like, I think he went through bad divorces. But they showed him having a, an auction at his house of all the props he had on his showtime. Where was I? Right? Oh, there's no way. He had a prop. He had a... A, a big wheel the size of a U-Haul truck. It was three plastic tires and a trampoline and giant Gallagher heads and a, and a, it, it was he went through a bad divorce. It was just brutal. But he used to make his own props. He was a, sort of a carpenterish mm. uh, sort of handyman guy, and he would make. A, I remember my favorite prop that he had. He had a. A top hat that had a train running through it. Oh, that's neat. Like, you know, this is my train of thought. I'm yeah. on the right track. You know, I pull my freight. You know, I'm, I'm wearing this for some locomotive. <laughs> you know, he would he would uh, and and actually build his props, you know, which I, uh, I have never done. I have never, you know, I just get things uh, out of the trash or from a garage sale and, and bring that up on stage. But Gallagher was uh, somebody who put together uh, and... Um, his props and made them uh, very, very funny. And uh, it was something that he constructed that which I felt that I was different from him because I would just uh, get things, you know, as, and he had a brother, Gallagher had a brother and the brother went out as Gallagher too. Fascinating. Yeah. Gallagher was so popular 
Oh, and talk about the train that was running around in the stadium. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the uh, sound film. effect. It's a little late, but it's <laughs> But uh, Gallagher, uh, he was so popular from his Showtime specials, and when Comedy Central first started, they were all over the place, but they, uh, he was so popular that he licensed the Gallagher persona to his brother, and his brother would, could do the Gallagher act, but in small markets while he was doing right. major cities. Well, what happened was his brother was getting a lot of work, and his was kind of waning, and he, they got into a big lawsuit. And it was two brothers that looked alike with striped shirts and mustaches. They, and looked, they looked uncannily alike. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as brothers do sometimes. And uh, he was uh, not as funny as the original no. Gallagher, but he, you know, with props, you know, he, yeah. he, uh, he hid behind them a lot more than I do. Oh, you know what's interesting too is that there's several videos online if you look it up uh-huh. of uh, Gallagher <laughs> uh, falling down on stage with a heart attack or a stroke, uh, 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 and he he's had like at least three on video. Um, so they show one he's wearing like a white apron, but he's about to hit the watermelon with the sledgehammer, and he sledgehammatic, please. He, he, well, uh, several people I know who've worked with him that. He, he, you know, he toured as much as he could. I mean, up okay. until like a, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe. But the, uh, the several people I know said they went to dinner with him. And they said because of his strokes and heart attacks, he lost his uh, swallowing muscles in his throat. So they said it was really disturbing to have dinner with Gallagher because he would chew his food like an animal. But then he had to tilt his head back and massage his throat so it would swallow it like a weird animal, like a... There's, I've seen videos of dogs that can't swallow, and they have a chair. So dogs have to eat sitting up so they can swallow properly without choking. Well, I said Gallagher had to do that. But Wid told me something interesting about the Rascals Comedy Club and Gallagher with his sledgeomatic giant wooden sledgehammer. Uh, yeah. One time, uh, Rascals used to be the premier comedy club. They started West Orange. They had one in Cherry Hill uh, all around, and... Uh, Probably in other places that uh, markets I didn't know. But they, uh, at one time, uh, had four or five clubs, but they had to close them because of a lawsuit. A lawsuit? A lawsuit that was caused by, uh, I I forget if it was Gallagher 1 or Gallagher 2, okay, but it was one of those Gallaghers. And uh, the top, when he was going to hit the watermelon, the top of the sledgeomatic flew into the audience and hit some poor audience member right in the head. And from that, you know, uh, the, the show stopped and everything, and then they had to take the person out and uh, stuff like that. How do you, how do you continue and, after and something the, like that? And the guy's name was Walter Mellon. No. <laughs> but uh, he uh, – the, the person sued big time, and the rascals, they all closed uh, and uh, because, uh, you know, to um, uh, outdo the suit or for he, some legal reason. He did a um, Mark Marin, who, who you look alike, uh, interview with Gallagher a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And they got into an argument about something, and Gallagher stormed out. And, uh, uh, all right. I did well, a, he was reputed to have sort of a uh, uh, abrasive personality uh, when he, uh, to some of the uh, club owners, and we've heard stories of uh, of him and uh, just showing up at a club uh, a week or two early. Oh, and, uh, that's the story I was get to. 
But remember in, in malls, there was a store called like Gulf Coast or West Coast. It sold all movie props and memorabilia. Okay, it was, it was like yeah. Spencer's, okay. Gulf Coast. Uh-huh. One of my friends said uh, his cousin was working at a store in Nebraska a, in a mall. Right. And Gallagher came in, and there was like 10 people in line. And he stood in the middle of them with a Hawaiian shirt for everybody to recognize him. And he said, can I get some help over here? Don't you know who I am? And the person behind the counter said, you have to wait in line. And he stormed out. And he goes, we all knew it was Gallagher, and he wasn't kidding around. But I did a show in Cuyahoga. I'm gonna, here's my accent going to come through. Cuyahoga Falls, Cuyahoga Falls in Ohio. Okay. It's a comedy club called The Funny Stop. I did it with Bob Levy. Uh, well, the week before us, Gallagher was there. Okay. And the owner is an Iranian gentleman, real nice, funny character. He curses more than, uh, he said the F word more than I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. Uh, What's that, Frankfurter? Yes. All right. I go, hey, uh, I forgot the guy's name now. But I go, hey, how was uh, Gallagher last week? And he goes, ah, oh, that mutter F, that mutter F, what a mutter F. A mutter. I go, what do you mean? He goes, we had two shows, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. He goes, uh, he goes, he gets here late, uh, starts screaming at everybody, wouldn't take pictures with anybody, and he goes, the second, second show is supposed to start at 10 o'clock. The Mother F is still on stage from the 8 o'clock show, and the Mother F didn't sm- smash one thing with that Mother F and wooden <laughs> sledgehammer. And he's going, the Mother <laughs> F, and he, he said Mother F a million times. But, he, but um, So he's saying this, and he goes, finally, some audience members were so mad they ran up on stage and they started smashing. They took the hammer out of his hands, <laughs> smashed. And he goes, and there's something else. He goes, the mother F gets here, and he goes, watermelons weren't in season, so the mother F went and got like tomatoes from the local <laughs> shop market, oh. shop right. <laughs> and he goes, I feel so bad that the, the the watermelon he couldn't do that. He had to have a, a grapefruit. Yeah, or something right. Like and that. He, oh my god, it was so funny. And he goes, and the mother F, my family wanted to get a picture taken. He goes, no, no pictures. He goes, I'm the owner. He goes, no, no pictures. And he goes, uh, and he. Goes, he goes, then the mother F, I go, and I go, yes, the mother F. And he goes, he goes, uh, uh, it cost me $600 to get the carpets dry clean from the smushed veg- vegetation juice on the floor. Right? And then he said, and now we're in that, that part of Ohio, like the border of Pennsylvania, wherever that's over there, right? Um, there's a very funny comedy club in Erie, Pennsylvania. It was called Junior's Last Laugh. It's some other name now, but it's a great. It's one yeah. of the best comedy well, clubs. If you now. live in Erie, you, you, you need a laugh. Yeah. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Well, uh, Gallagher was booked there, right? Okay. After this show here, okay? Well, here he screwed his calendar up, and he was two weeks early, <laughs> right? So usually if you're two weeks early, you're a professional comedian, you'll fly back to your home in Arizona or wherever you live at and wait around and hop on a plane that day. Well, Gallagher had a rental car, like you said. He would stop at Goodwill stores and buy Hawaiian shirts. He, he traveled with a sledgematic and that. And he would uh, and go to local, you know, supermarkets and buy vegetation to smush. But he got there two weeks early, right, to the comedy club. And they have a thing called a comedy condo where the comedians stay at for that weekend. A, a comedy condo is something that uh, they they put three people into uh, a house that uh, should only have two people in it. And, uh, it, uh, you know, it's always crowded. It's always dirty. And, uh, it, you know, it's... Where they put you when you were stay overnight at a comedy oh. club? Hey, so, so they let him Gallagher stay there for two weeks, till his appearance in two weeks from the show, right? So I I I asked the guy at the club. I goes, "What what did he do?" He goes, "He just drove around Erie for two weeks, till it was, till it was time to perform," <laughs> and uh, just insane. So so you know, 
for two weekends, other comics like Joe the Ragman and, and, and Vibrator Jones had to spend, spend time with him. And he didn't do any time at the club. He just drove around. In Erie, Pennsylvania, for two weeks. I would have put him to work if I was the owner of the club. I would have they said, oh, okay, Gallagher's here, you know, yeah. and then uh, say, uh, work a door deal or something. Go sell pretzels. But, see, I can't laugh at him showing up two weeks early because there was a pun contest at Helium. And I'm a big punster. I don't know if, you know, I can pun on any subject but the king because the king is not a subject. But I love puns. I've loved them all my life. And... I had showed up. The guy was uh, called me up. He goes, "Okay, uh, you're you're going to be in the pun contest on the 23rd," and it wound up to be the 23rd of November, uh, and not uh, of October, and not when I showed up. Oh, here's Gallagher's hat again. But uh, I showed up a month early. Okay, for the and nobody said anything to me until the showtime, and and I said, and they said, Wid, when are you on? I says, Well, I'm going to tell the puns with the. They said, Wid, that's next month. Okay, so I can identify with the uh, uh, with Gallagher for being a little bit early. I mean, it's uh, it, it it happens in this business, especially when you have so many, uh, you know. You have so many things to think about when you're doing a props, you know. You got to think about where where the logistics is, you know, and getting to a place, okay? Because when he set up, when Gallagher set up, because of his, uh, because of the shrapnel that came off of his act, everybody up front they would have giant tarps, yeah, shower they, curtains, and they would uh, rain gear. Know, sometimes they would even bring uh, like ponchos, you know, rain ponchos yeah. and things like that. And the people in the first eight rows, I'm going to say, were subject to little bits of uh, you know oh, yeah, seeds watermelon, a yeah. uh, grapefruit, and uh, other things that he had uh, sledgematic. You know, if you if you think about it too, there there had to be a, a a uh, uh, legal, like what if someone slipped on a watermelon and hurt their back? Or oh, it's in the face a lot of, of legal thing. Not only legal, but uh, you know, everybody when he, uh, you know, uh, in his aftermath yeah. would uh, would complain about how. Oh, yeah. Look, I got I got stains on the ceiling. Okay, the guy had stains yeah. on the ceiling from when Gallagher was there. Or pe- pe- I mean, yeah, and they are... didn't wear it as a badge of honor, as going, yeah. "Oh, look, Gallagher did this." You know, they wore it much more as a yeah, look at what that MF did. Do people have a fear of tomatoes now? <sighs> Well, that's why. If, yeah, I know you. I know you fear tomatoes. That's uh, why I I have this how to pick up girls book for you, John. Okay, because oh. I know that. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. That's sexist, John. You shouldn't call women tomatoes. No. Um, but speaking of comedy, uh, Whitney and I are both uh, looking at uh, book. Wait, speaking of comedy, well, that's really pretentious. Speaking of hilarity. Um, we're not both looking she at was my She was my favorite first lady, Hilarity Clinton. Um, I saw this guy selling a book on Facebook called uh, How to Kill on Comedy by uh, Steve North, the comedy coach. But uh, I found it online for like a dollar. But it's funny, the, the picture had him wearing a uh, captain's hat. Like a wacky 1980s, oh, yeah. wacky like, morning uh, zoo DJ. Like Hugh Hefner used to yeah, wear. right? And here's what too, that, that never looked good or cool anywhere. It only might look good uh, on Humphrey Humphrey Bogart in the African Queen, like at that little cabinet, but it was because it was dirty. Well, it's John, so wacky. 
Well, John, you know, they're, they are coming back. Those little captain hats are coming back. And I got two words for you why they're coming back. Waiters and New Hope? Yacht Rock. Oh, okay. oh, you got a point there. Yacht Rock is, uh, is something that I feel that the, uh, the, the youth of today and, you know, a, a few generations, Generation X and your generation, Generation X lacks, but uh, there are kind of sick of the, uh, the lack of good music that is out there. Uh, now, I, I'm I, into, you know, I, I like some rap music, but rap is sort of... Uh, it's sort of all the same, okay? Mm-hmm. It's so you know you got a beat and then you do uh, clever words over it, and then you know I, yeah. I'm I, I admit yeah. I like some uh, well, uh, Jay Z well, and Eminem and the, uh, oh, you the, know. the best rap music you, you like though, you dig the samples and it's usually from like a classic rock song uh-huh. that that really enhances this thing. Like there's uh, the song uh, by Run DMC, what it used Mary Mary from the Monkees, uh-huh. Mary Mary, Mary, why you bugging? Mm-hmm. But it that riff they borrowed really enhances the rap music. Oh, but back to Yacht Rock. Yes. Yeah. Well, Yacht Rock is, uh, it's sort of a, uh, uh, I would call it a movement against that sort of uh, the, the the bad state that uh, music is in now. Now, I'm not saying that all music is out there uh, today is bad, but it is less relatable than uh, than let's say yacht rock because uh, yacht rock is uh, I mean it's a they're, they're structured songs oh, man. they're they're soft and they, they have uh, you know they have uh, a, a melody and they, you know besides the beat uh, 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 and yeah. I think that people are I'm into I'm, I'm, you know, I, it's, I'm totally disgusted by it all, all music now I just listen to whale sounds and Zamfir they got the pan flute that's well, what I'm into you know. But, I have, <laughs> but I've seen a pan flute. I haven't heard that. In a, but Yacht Rock is a uh, made-up oh. genre of music. It's something that has always, you know, uh, Christopher Cross and, and America, those groups have been around for a long time, but they have never been categorized. They've sort of been categorized as easy listening it's, 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 or, yeah, sugar, or something mellow, like that. Sugary. But now we have Yacht Rock. Yeah, and I, I picture somebody described it one time, like, why are you listening to this type of music? And someone said, it's, it's something the guy would listen to on his yacht. But I, I've gone past several uh, theaters that were selling, I'm sorry, selling, playing Yacht Rock music. Uh-huh. And it had some of the actual artists, but it was very neat. With, uh, but people, you're right, the girls were all dressed in, like, summer clothes, and guys had Hawaiian shirts and skipper hats on. Right. It's uh, and that it's kind of a fad, uh, you know. Mm. I wonder how. I mean, is there going to be a, a yacht rock top one hundred? Is there going to there, be? Oh, a, there's a bunch of CDs that I accidentally bought. Uh, yeah, but uh, but uh, what do you call it? Uh, how do we how do we get it? So we're talking about the comedy, the books, the music. Uh, I found. Oh, oh, that's how it started. This book I found here by by Steve North, the comedy coach. I got it for a dollar, and I and sold me on it. Was his wearing that little captain's hat? And uh, uh, like the captain and Tennille, are they are they yacht rock? Captain I would say so. Yeah. I would say yeah. so too. So he was ahead of his time. Um, can I read one of his jokes? Are you ready? Uh, How to kill in comedy by. All right, mm. I wanted to give my girlfriend some extra pleasure, so I got her one of those vibrator things with five speeds and attachments. She thanked me, but she said, "I already have an electric toothbrush." Joke number two. <coughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
She has a vibrator built into her electric toothbrush? Yeah, I guess. Women. <laughs> Am must, I right, guys? <laughs> I guess that must chip her teeth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, here's joke number two. Joke number two, folks. You got to have wheels to impress the ladies. That's oh. why I got mag wheels, leather seats, and flames on the side. I sure turn some heads when I drive by on my Schwinn. <laughs> that means it was a bicycle. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, when I'm at my house of worship, I kneel and pray and drink the wine. That's got me kicked out of Walmarts in every state. I have no idea what that means unless he worships at Walmart. Okay. Uh, Is that it how to kill in comedy? I, yeah. I think, how I think, to get killed in comedy, <laughs> telling jokes like that. What the heck? <laughs> throw this book at people. <laughs> Gallagher threw it. It hits him in the head in the audience and wrecked 20 comedy clubs. Um, oh, but uh, real quick, uh, one of the staples of our shows over the years is that uh, People accidentally send me things after I send them money, uh, uh, a box. Well, I found a box in my bedroom. You, and you know, I've never gotten a, I've never gotten a, a box sent to me uh, in the mail. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never gotten one uh, I'm in my life. I, I mean, I've never really? used Amazon. I never sent away for something. I never, uh, you know, and... I, I think, and John, you get boxes all the time, don't you? I find crazy deals, and it's weird. I think people like getting uh, things in the mail, like it's like a Christmas present. And it's really weird too. Once you get it, you're only happy for five minutes. Oh, look at that! And you put it on your shelf. But uh, all right, I unbox it. But uh, Wid can John? Uh, open it and look, oh, check I it. get get to see. This is something that I don't do. Uh, uh, you know, I I always try to keep under the radar. Until I had to vote, they made me vote in uh, in uh, 2016. Now everybody knows me. I got jury duty and everything. Look, they sent you this. I I I, lo I collect hoagie wrappers. So this is this is a uh, well. Oh oh, I'll save this. Look at the oh man. Okay. I always wanted to do that. Okay. Right here, John. Let me guess what this is. All right. It's not a football. Okay. It's not a gun. It's John. Not again. John. Not a, again. A real man needs four of these. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Benson. Let me push that right there. How many of these do you have now, John? Four or five. Four or five? <laughs> what? What are you going to do with four or five? In case one gets dirty. Dirty? Uh, I thought you were a clean comedian. <laughs> this is so, this is so, oh, sorry, John. <laughs> this is so weird. How many puppets like this do you have now, John? Four or five of those. And how many Oogie Puppets from the Uncle Floyd show do you have? I don't, I don't know, like 10. That's the truth, okay? And yeah, screw cryptocurrency. The real money is in these things. <laughs> uh, this, there's, there's a movie, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, called Toy Story. But uh, this is from yes. Toy Story 4, the last one. 
mm-hmm. and they have like these real emotional scenes in it, like this kind of brutal. But uh, they get they get all the antique toys, Woody, and all the get get sent to a, a vintage vintage store, like an antique store, and they hook up with a, a, a some other dolls there from the fifties. But it's a real cute little baby girl doll, but she's evil, and she has a bunch of these Benson ventriloquist puppets as her minions or as her henchmen. So, and it's weird too. Every other doll in the movie can talk except the ventriloquist dummies. And they just run down the street with their they run down with their mouth open. They're really like creepy looking, and this is based on a uh, what's that? Goosebumps, the Night of the Living Dummy. Okay, that's, that's who he's kind of based. Jerry Mahoney, but uh, it's funny because there's like ten of these chasing Woody down, and their hands are in the air like this, screaming down, running after him. But uh, I did a show one time, and Wid goes, "Quick, we have to go to the Goodwill store." He goes, "I have to get some uh, Hawaiian shirts oh. for Gallagher." <laughs> And uh, and uh, and uh, so I'm standing in line. I'm I'm buying a, you know, crock pots and, ki- and kitchen utensils. Did you buy a crock pot? No, I'm kidding. There was, well, I should have. There was still roast beef in it. But uh, Weed comes up and he had one of these dolls here, and he said, "Hey, I got you. Can use this." So, uh, oh, I can't. I the jokes I do with it in my act, I can't do. I don't want. I don't want to curse on the show here. Okay. But uh, uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> You know the squirrels in Sheltonham explode after they have sex? Wait, the squirrels explode after they have sex here in Sheltonham? Well, the ones I had sex with did. Now, John, that's how to kill in comedy, okay? <laughs> yes. Right over there. <laughs> this, this, I don't know if you're going to pick up any girls, okay? But <laughs> with a joke like that. The first page of that book says to do that. In that Toy Story 2... Yes. It is so. Uh, I could identify with the uh, with the guy who was a collector, okay, and he was real anal about uh, you know the condition of things. And uh, see, I I I'm a collector, okay, and I'm, but the condition I, I I'm a little bit uh, you know concerned with. But most of the time, I will just take things as they come, and it will not. Uh, it'll not bring down the value of the item to me, okay? But there are people out there who, if it has even the littlest scratch on it, oh, man. they will be so, you know, so concerned and so, like, running over and trying to uh, chew you down from a price or, or, you know, or a value that you put on something. And they say, oh, no, I can't give you that because it has a scratch over here and it's, it doesn't have the original hat and things like that. Oh. That stuff sort of drives me crazy. I guess it's the same with people who collect records and, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. People only want the records that, uh, you know, or VHS tapes. They only want the the horror ones or things like that. And you told me, too, before about your lunchboxes that people don't, a real collector doesn't want an originally, they'll take a mint condition, but not one that's restored. Mm Mm-hmm. But they like things that have a little bit of wear and tear, like it's used. Yes, it's um, called patina. Yes, um, and we have a, another box here that's not a Benson puppet. This is the, the first time that I've opened, uh, you know, any box ever, and I, I'm so ex- John. <laughs> it's not a not a, another one of those, is it? You got to open up to see. I'm scared, John. Okay, look, it's. <laughs> It's a white trash doll. <laughs> right over there. Um, 
Once again, John, it's something that uh, uh, we're going to have a, a reveal right here. All right. And I don't know what it is, okay, but I'm pretty sure that it has something to do with puppets. Okay, let's take it off right here. Two, four, six. Oh, my gosh. It's a Vin Diesel puppet. Oh, right over there. This is... Oh, this is beautiful, John. Okay, right over there. I can I can see the future right here. <laughs> but uh, one thing about being bald, it's neat. Okay, it's very neat, and uh, he can comb his hair with a sponge. But uh, what is this one's called? Wid. In the seventies, a TV uh, commercial came out for a doll called Hugo. Okay, doll of a thousand oh, disguises. I you t- said you go. Uh, Hugo. Right? Um, this doll here is called Hugo, and uh, it came with a uh, disguise kit. Uh, he had a wig, a hat, an eye patch, scars, mustache, beard, goatee. Uh, you could, and, and so kids would sit there and go, "Oh, look! Now he looks like a villain, or now he looks like Fu Manchu, and or now he looks like Chris Morgani, like stuff like that." <laughs> and uh, uh, but uh, this is it's it's kind of rare, but people in the seventies, <laughs> pardon me, in the seventies remember this commercial on TV. And I was recently it was one a- of the weirdest commercials that I have ever seen, John, because uh, you know it was like one of those. That, remember, you had the magnet and you had the bald headed guy, and you can give him any kind of haircut and uh, or oh, mustache yeah, yeah, and yeah. things like that. That's what this reminded me of in three D. Okay, yes. um, I was at a uh, horror convention by accident. Uh, a couple months ago, and they were selling a life-size version of this. Oh, it was, a, it was a, a, a whole mass of your head, but you could do the exact same disguise, only full-size ones. And there's a t- TV show on called Uncle Floyd. Uncle Floyd was a... Uh it was a local uh, TV show from New Jersey, from Central Jersey, and it was very New Jersey-centric. And it was run by a man called Uncle Floyd, hence the Uncle Floyd show who uh, would nostalgically play old tunes on the piano and had a, uh, a group of, I would call them stooges, okay? A group of, uh, of guys who would, uh, they would do little skits and uh, little songs and everything. But it was, uh, it was a kid show for adults, okay? And it was on for years. From 74 to uh, 96. Yeah, uh, and, and it was on like... Uh, uh, VHS, uh, not VHS. Uh, what? What? what uh, New, UH, uh, UHF, New Jersey public access channels, public access channels, and things like that. But and Uncle Floyd, uh, he, uh, they bumped him up to a, a PBS station, okay, in Newark, New Jersey, and then they bumped him up into a national TV station, uh, uh, Channel Four, uh, and he was on for about a week on yeah, Channel all Four fell apart. because. They overproduced it. Yeah. It was a local show. Uncle Floyd was a local show, and it had a, a charm because it was so low tech yes. and low budget. And uh, it, like you go here was one of the well, heroes of it, well, and one of the other uh, puppets that John has was a hero of it. Well, and people are still very nostalgic for the uh, show. Well, oh, it's very neat too because Uncle Floyd loves uh, ragtime and 1920s piano songs. Really like, uh, if you knew Susie and yeah. uh, you know, I am the god of hellfire and I bring you fire in the yeah. Abadabba honeymoon. Wait, wait, that's not a 20 song. No, okay. I am Iron Man. Okay, uh, Iron pigs. Man is. But as he played the piano, uh, a guy would be under the piano next to him and he would see the head pop up 
and dance next to Uncle Floyd like that. And it, it was very, very funny. Uh, so these, so these uh, Yugo puppets are very, uh, they're very popular because of the Uncle Floyd show still after all these years, okay? And uh, I, I just find it amazing that it's in such good condition after, after all those years. That's, but can you imagine being a kid playing with that? That's like, oh, you know. And then just like on your, on your, on your dresser <laughs> at night, the kid's like looking over at it. Are you sleeping? Oh, look at that kid right there. Oh, 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 checking for a hernia. It comes. It came with its own toupee, didn't it? Yeah, and, and I think it was kind of based on like the Inspector Clouseau character from the Pink Panther films, where he would wear a mask and stuff like that. And uh, but that's. But that was exciting for me to open up those uh, those boxes, John. I'm, you know, I've always lived in uh, you know in unconventional places where you couldn't uh, you couldn't get a box. Oh, a third one, ladies and gentlemen, box number three. Now I don't know what's in here, and not everything I get is uh, Victor here, Von Puppets. Let me do this, okay? Now, this was sent to you by. Oh. Read the okay. Uh-uh. All right, uh, first class. All right. It was sent to me by the... Uh, this is... I always feel like I'm doing a... I hope, I hope this isn't that Johnson expander I got. How many... Now, I want people out there to guess, okay? Is it going to be another puppet that John has in here, or is it going to be something like a Fonzie glass, okay? John, you're a big fan of Fonzie and... Uh, you know, you might have a point there, right? I collect uh, Fonzie glasses from uh, McDonald's from the seventies. It's so it's so weird. I I, I went over John's house and uh, a beautiful china cabinet, you know, with uh, beveled glass and everything like that. And uh, you look inside of it, it's just filled with Fonzie glasses. Okay, you got like fifteen of them. Fonzie uh, glasses. Of I have Lenny and Squiggy, Laverne Shirley, all the seventies sitcoms. Uh, but they they made they made a series of collector's glasses and that's kind of neat. They're in great they're they're in great condition. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is either. But the, you get free bubble wrap with it. Is, is it. Does it feel like a doll? It's. I hope I it's, I hope it's not like some product like. I, you know, this, it's this, not this, living this, because there's <laughs> no little air holes in it. I hope this isn't a product that's not made for sensitive viewers. Oh no. Oh wait! Oh, <laughs> no, not again! Oh, no, oh. Don't open all the way up. Uh, I didn't realize what was in there, but you can tell by the feet. <laughs> John, you—it's—you're despicable, John. You are despicable. It was another one of those Benson puppets. <laughs> show them, show them both together. This is an obsession, John. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's, there's, <laughs> there's her feet right there. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah. John, you are one unique collector. That's why I didn't open this one up. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, John, if this is another Benson puppet, <laughs> is there a window here that I can jump? Could you put a window on the screen screen so I can jump right out? You can lay down, go out and land on the tracks. No, John. No. Show's no. over. No.
sickness, John. Uh, the problem is, I thought I was getting a Robert Guillaume pic, uh, doll from Benson, the TV series. No. Now, um, this, is, this is the kind of doll that you should be collecting right over there, okay? I can't... You know, you have all the... I can't afford something like that, John, okay? You have three of those, four of them? Look, I'm up... Look, I'm feeling the crunch, okay? <laughs> you know, and don't look at me like a serial killer, John, because I have guys like you for breakfast. Uh, hey, do you know the difference between uh, Captain Crunch and, let's say, the uh, New York Jets? No, what? Captain Crunch belongs in a bowl. <laughs> if there's any mistakes, we can, we can, we can fix that in post. I can, oh, you can fix this in post? Okay. Post cereal. Well, he has one of those he has one of those captain hats on yeah. that nobody <laughs> I like Yacht Rock. <laughs> he would. I mean this is the target audience. Okay. Bye, Captain. And uh now that was a little bit crazy. Do you have any there. other dolls? Okay. That uh, <laughs> he might say yes. I'm I'm kinda scared. Oh, oh okay. The wrestling. Now the world of wrestling, I've uh, I've only recently got into, and I I didn't know that uh, uh, you know that it was so popular at one time. I, I think I just missed it by a generation of. Oh, uh, it's still popular. incredibly popular now. In fact, you do you do a comedy wrestling podcast? Oh my god, um, so many kids, and now they're like in their twenties, like thirties and forties now, but who grew up on on the Rock, Stone Cold, Steve right. Austin. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a huge fan base, and we all know it's theater. But it's a huge, but as a kid, I grew up, you know, uh, I was, let me see, I was born in 1994, um, but the... Uh, wait, wait a minute, John. You, you know, I don't count those years I was, I was in the WNBA. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> makes no sense. But I, uh, as a kid, I grew up in this, you know, watching, uh, there was, used to be a manager named Classy Freddie Blassie. He okay. was a wrestler in the 50s and 60s and 70s. He probably made right. something, but he was a, he looked like a... Looks like a. Uh, I think he looked like a, a thick, thick gray-haired Polish guy. That's what he looks like. He's a like a you know, looks like a European immigrant. But he was a hilarious wrestler, and he, then he became a manager as he got older. But he's famous for. Uh, 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 Andy Kaufman made a short film called "My Breakfast with Blassie." Oh, is that who it is? Yeah, because uh, I've never right. understood that. Uh, you yeah. know, because uh, Andy Kaufman loved wrestling, and Freddie Blassie was a. They used to, used, to, used to be called the Hollywood fashion plate. And he'd wear like satin jackets like this, but he used to have a cane in his hand. And he would come out, and he's like, I'm Freddie Blassie. And there's a, oh, I don't know, if I, this is maybe inside. There's a, there's a performer named Weird Al Yankovic. Okay, I opened for him a couple yeah. times. He, uh, well, he had a song by Freddie Blassie, played on uh-huh. his radio show called Pencil Neck Geek. And you hear Freddie Blassie sing the song, you know, pencil neck geek, grit eating freak. Was he the man who bought pencil neck geek into the uh, yes. lexicon? Yes, of wrestling. He's it a, wasn't. It wasn't the Hulk. No, no. But he was Hulk. Hulk was one of, one of his first managers. Okay. Right. And, he, and it was so funny. He would yell at the audience. Now listen here, you pencil neck geeks. My guy's going to win. All right. And uh, but it was very funny. Uh, it was hilarious. And and out there, people, if you get a chance, if you can find his autobiography, it's that's very prominent. It's hilarious and will make a great, great movie. Well, uh, I accidentally went to a flea market. There was a guy selling this. It was like five bucks, right? Okay. The next week, I accidentally went to a, a toy convention, and they were selling the exact same thing for $85. And uh, 
That doll Same for $85? Dolly, right? And this is when they first came out with the wrestling dolls, and it was him. But it was so freaking funny. And the pe- the song Barry did called Pencil Neck Geek is available on YouTube. He sings a song, uh, uh, and it sounds like Big Bad John. Big Bad yeah, John. He goes, so I'm walking down the street one day, and I stop at this restaurant. And I see this guy behind the counter with a turtleneck sweater on, and, a, and he was cooking food, and he kept screwing my order up. So I went back in the kitchen, and I pulled his... Pe- his uh, Turtleneck sweater around, just as I thought. Pencil neck geek. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he starts singing the song. Oh, a chorus comes in. Pencil neck geek, grit eating freak, scum sucking pinhead with the lousy physique. He's a one man losing streak. Pencil neck geek. You're. John knows all the words to pencil neck geek. Well, I think that's impressive. Well, then he goes. It's a three, you know, three chorus song, three story songs. They go. Uh I saw that there. There's a doctor. So you hear the recording on the song. At the end of the song, you hear <laughs> the engineer in the recording studio go, uh, Mr. Blassey, that was okay, but can we do another take? And he goes, no, we can't do another take. He goes, wait a minute. Why are you wearing a turtleneck sweater in that sound booth? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> and he breaks the third wall, yeah. fourth wall. <laughs> and he goes, take that, you pencil neck geek. And no, here's like, it sounds electro- electrocution. <laughs> um, I, it's great when, uh, you know, celebrities of, uh, of anything, gross. they sort of make a, uh, they make a song or uh, out of their uh, catchphrase. Oh, my know? God. Um Rapping Rodney, okay. We mentioned uh, him earlier. Uh, 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 Frank Gorshin had a song like "Like Do the Joker" or "Do Do the Riddler," right? Okay, and it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. There's a video of him wearing the, the question mark, you know, green screen thing, right? And he has all girls dancing behind him, going like "Do the Riddler," and he, and he, the whole song he's going "Riddle me this," right? <laughs> you know, you know, what lays eggs? Blah, 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 and just he had a good voice. Uh, <laughs> Frank Gorshin, he he could actually sing, besides being a, uh, a impersonator. Yes, and uh, that's what he was. And I worked with somebody who uh, who worked at the uh, Playboy clubs. Okay, uh, back in the day, and he wasn't a, a comedian. This guy that I knew, he was uh, he, he was sort of a techie guy. He ran lights and all this stuff. He said, out of all the performers, who got the biggest reaction? Frank Gorshin, because he would come up there and he would sing songs, he would do impressions, he would tell jokes. He was, uh, you know, he was sort of your uh, your triple threat of, uh, you know, performers at that, that, you know. And and let's face it, you know, you know, riddle me this at the Playboy Club. Woo. Well, you look, you look still walking. Yeah. One time I opened for Frank Gorshin in Philadelphia. I remember that time, John. Right. You opened up in Chinatown someplace. Yeah. Uh, he was in Philadelphia f- Filming the movie 12, 12 Monkeys with 12 Brad Pitt. Monkeys, yes, where he which a movie I I really came to like over the years. When I first saw it, you wanted to see Bruce Willis in like a diehard time travel movie. This right. movie's not that; it's very sci-fi. Uh, uh-huh. But he's he's the doctor in the movie. Well, he got he, he got booked to open at a, a comedy cabaret in Center City at Tenth and Arch in the middle of Chinatown, right? And it was me hosting a woman uh, that I heard he was. Uh, Seeing on the side, possibly, maybe. I can't, right? Oh, Holly Ferris. Yes, right. She did Cher and Joan Rivers. Right. She was also an uh, an impersonator, but she, uh, uh, you know. She, she's imper- she impersonated, you know, female impersonator, like like Cher. Uh, sometimes she would do the opposite sex. She would impersonate Joy Behar. And, uh, but I, uh, 
had to open for him, right? Frank Gorshin, right? Uh huh. And it sucked. It sucked. It sucked in that I loved it. Like I here I am touching old Hollywood, like old sixties. Oh yeah, here I am. In- I'm, I'm talking to the guy. I'm seeing him. I'm. I'm. I'm it, it's like me from somebody from a sixties TV series, right? Well, the majority of his audience they, they, they don't go out anymore, right? I'm a young guy. I was. I'm obsessed with all media. They, you know, his audience. People who grew up on Batman. Well, they're probably in their sixties and seventies now. They, they, you know, I was in the sixties. You know, they're all dead. They wouldn't anyway. So I'm at the nightclub with him. He comes out. And he, he does. He does the best impressions, like dead on. Like he's the one who came up with James Cagney. Uh, who, but he didn't do a character of James Cagney. Like eh, he did. He did. I'm, he did just like him. He did Burt Lancaster. <laughs> he was uh, the greatest Burt Lancaster uh, in the business. Well, the young people in the audience didn't know who he was. They might remember him as the Riddler. Well. In the, end, in the middle of his nobody, act, nobody remembers poor Bert. No. I mean, you know. Oh, and, and and in the middle of his act, he does uh, an impersonation of the uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde from like 1942 with Frederick March, <laughs> which nobody knows anyway. Today, you may say Frederick March. Somebody's what I'm talking about. You mean the guy who invented the month? But uh, he. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry right, for snorting. Right. Well, in his act, Frank Gorshin pretends he drinks the Doctor Jekyll potion to turn to Mister Hyde. And he, he demanded a green spotlight on his face to indicate he's turned into the evil Doc, Mr. Hyde. Well, he didn't get it. Because it, it, the ceiling's like 40 feet high. They don't have a light up there, yeah, right? That's uh, John Barrymore played that, uh, too. Right, and, right. and he used the, right. uh, you know, it was Frederick March, too. And, and there was a name about Frederick March. I think when he did it, he did not use makeup. makeup. He, he yeah. just manipulated his so face. Frank Gorsh, in the middle of a set, does this for a, a, an audience of, People just staring at him who didn't know who he was, right? And uh, he said, F this, and dropped the microphone and walked off. I can't deal with this unprofessionalism. And he stormed out of the place. But you know how Frank Gorshin wound up his, wound up his career, what he wound up doing? I, I, I was down in uh, Florida and met him in Fort Lauderdale at an uh, all-night diner. And he was sitting there because he was premiering his tribute, his one-man show to George Burns. Yep, and he, he toured the nation doing it at old, old age homes. As, and he was actually really good at it. Um, wait, I don't know how, how long we've been on the, our Super re, Return to the Air show. Uh, uh, what do we have this week? We have, we have three shows coming up this week. We have three shows coming up this week. And uh, we've just... Uh, I love performing. I'm going to have to tell you that, John. I find it, uh, uh, you know, I find it... It's like a doctor to me, you know, you could, and no matter how blue or how sad or how uh, upset you feel, once you get on that stage, John, it's like Dr. Grease paint. That's what I call yes. it because uh, you're up there and all your troubles seem to go away because you have a task right. to make these people laugh and it feels good to do that. Which is so a- I'm, I feel that it's, uh, you know, no matter what rung of show business that I'm on, I'm glad we, to be there. We had a, we just had a nice run of shows, like we did like five shows in the past week, two mm-hmm. weeks, and uh, we did a show on Friday night in a neighborhood in Philadelphia called Bridesburg, right. uh, which is it's a, a a little town in Philadelphia, whatever you call it, neighborhood, built behind a chemical plant, and uh, it's very, it was the most surreal looking uh, club that you've ever seen. It is so it reminded me of. Uh, the, the English clubs, okay, where they would have, uh, you know, uh, that it's always, it, it was right next to the chemical plant. Oh. So, 
I mean, giant towers uh, filled with chemicals smoke and, yeah, and uh, things. And there's and the processing. Uh, uh, there's and what kind of chemicals? And there's two-headed dogs running around and squirrels with yeah. human features. Yeah, uh, that, you know, explode. I had to shake hands three times with one guy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a, it's it's weird. Also, too, this this it's a catering hall. They book comedy shows like every yes, couple months, and the but, people there were very nice and uh, very. See the see the wall behind us right here, right? For years, when they had the comedy show there, that yeah. wall was a gi giant mirror. They had a giant mirrors, uh huh. And it was so distracting trying to watch comedians. And they go, "Look, that guy has his back to us behind him." Um, that's why they finally put curtains over it. But it was a show. It's all working class people. It was on Friday night, and it's real like working class roofers and like, yeah, it's going on, cause you told. Yeah, well, I mean, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was I got you. No, nice people, yeah. but you know, a little bit. Uh, I got a joke for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, toilet. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and I've, uh, you know, uh, doing the hundreds and hundreds of shows, I think that was the worst I was heckled in a long time. Oh, well, so that's, that's what I was getting and, to. And, and I had to be nice to the people oh. because there's nothing worse than picking on somebody uh, who heckles you and it yes. is a friend of everybody oh. there. Exactly right, because it creates tension in the room. Like it's right. like in the middle of people are going to go to a fist fight. You know, it's really weird too. A little side, right? When I'm somewhere, I see a fight almost starting to happen. Right? Mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm, I'm one of those guys like, "Come on, guys, don't fight." But in my mind, I want to see them beat the crap out of each other. Don't you want to see a cool like Bill, you know, Jackie Chan, Chuck Norris fight? Like people getting flipped over bars and getting bicycle pumps inserted in them and stuff like that, crazy stuff. But uh, but you know, but so this show on Friday night. People don't realize. I, I would love to write a book uh, on a Wang expansion, but instead I'm going to write a book on a, how to run a comedy show. Right. And one is on a Friday night, start the show early because people have worked all day. They didn't take a nap after work. And they're drinking whiskeys and steaks and, a, uh, you know, what, what else do I have in the book? And that's just the kids. Yeah, that's just the kids, right? Pancakes, galunkies, pierogies. Right, blood pudding, meat pies, right, <laughs> monkey brains, but uh, and they're all tired and drunk. So they had me go up first. I had, a, I think, I had a nice time. Right? It's oh yeah, you, you, you know, when you get involved in comedy too, you want to. Uh, oh, I'm going to be the, the the next Richard Pryor or Jim Gaffigan or, or Brian Regan or you know or Peter North. But I uh, wanted to be the, you know, like comic. But then you realize you got to take gigs and gigs and gigs. So you got, I'm opening a catering hall in freaking Bysburg. And I only did it because I, used, I got paid nicely and they gave me a sound system. I used my, anyway, I, when I was done my set, in my mind, I was like, thank God I am done. Right. The, oh, I, you know, we all have those. The, the person after me was a, a local kid who just got out of his seventh time in rehab. God bless him for that, right? Well, his whole act, he talked for about 15 minutes about losing his Ray-Bans in the ocean in Wildwood, and his story went nowhere. Like, he didn't say, and I saw a grouper wearing my glasses. <laughs> yeah, the fish cropped up, yeah. and he had my Ray-Bans. Yeah. I saw a clam, right? <laughs> and the fish had an ankle bracelet and a yeah. Phillies tattoo. Yeah. And then... 
<laughs> Stop it, John. Had, they had neck tattoos were the were the fashion of the day there. And yeah, that's just the ladies. Yeah, and this freaking Sandshaw came up with an Ed Hardy t-shirt. Fish. So anyway, so he, he ate it. You saw how bad it was. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he was a nice kid, and he had uh, things there. And that was one of his first times up on stage. So, I, so, you know. The next guy is a very, very good guy who was on the show. And he's a very good guy. I like him a real lot, named Nick. I won't say his last name. And it, uh, he's a ventriloquist. And usually ventriloquists destroy. Yeah. Well, and he, he, does, he does really well all the time, right? Well, he, that's, he, you know. This crowd... Staring at him, and he has like an animated human being next to him. Uh, 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 hey, I heard you broke up with your wife. She ran for your best friend. Uh, are you bitter? Yep, and I bit him too. Right? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> well, <laughs> the crowd's staring at him, and he had to do twenty minutes. And he's a very good guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not bad man at all. It was not his fault. It was the fault of the puppet. What he said. <laughs> You blame your puppets, John. It's your fault. That's right. Take the, the blame once in a while. No. He made me. You're the puppet trader. The puppet me. <laughs> he put words in my mouth. He's, he's the one pulling the strings. But uh, uh, so then Wid had to go up. And Wid did 47 minutes in a row. And there was drunks yelling out. Because Wid's very funny. He shows you the punch on the joke. And, and, and you know, Wid, 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 Wid pulls out a... Uh, uh, a, a, a dust brush and a skeleton goes, look, a close brush with death. Yeah. Well, he did that. It's funny. Well, people, a couple of drunks in the audience were on, oh, oh, come on. Don't mess with that skeleton. Whoa, right? And then, it, but they weren't, it wasn't a heckler. It was a, well, a heckler, yeah. A heckler was a disruption. It was, uh, it was a heckler. Yes. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and a lot of times, hecklers uh, will yell out, like, words from another dimension, okay? <laughs> you know, and, you know, I've been sober for 11 years, so, uh, but I uh, understand that uh, alcohol manipulates, okay? And it manipulated, uh, oh. uh, because how long were we waiting? I mean, uh, the uh, doors opened at 6 or something yes. like that, and the show wasn't until 9. And so these people were... Pretty well enforced by uh, by the oh. time I got up. And ladies and gentlemen out there, listeners and watchers of cult cancel culture, the man who was doing the most heckling to oh he, he was a, a, a guy named Jerry and, and he's heckling me and he's like uh, stepping all over my and, lines and, and stuff like could, that. And why couldn't and you I'm nail being him? nice to him? Why couldn't you nail him? And why couldn't it end? Because it was his brother. The owner comes up. At the, at the end of it, and goes, goes, oh, you had a problem with that guy. I said, oh, well, you know, I, I was nice. You know, you don't want to admit you had a problem with a guy. I said, no, he's not, you know, I didn't. He said, oh, good, because he's my brother. Okay? <laughs> and, I, and I said, and, I, and I'm going to say, but the show was on. You're going to say, where the heck were you? You know, I said, if that was if that was my mom, I would have told her to shut up. Oh, you and, know, and, and, and that it, guy, he, you know, he yeah. came up, and they think that they make it better for you. And they say, "Hey, wasn't it, weren't we funny?" Yeah, you know, I, I was in the back of the room, and I I was behind him, and I saw him walking through. I was I was about to like look around. Yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we were both gonna go up and tell because there were a few people in the in the audience who looked like they were a little rough. You yeah, know what oh I mean, man. yeah, like they just got, I mean, got they looked like they were you know tough guys, and uh, you know, the and guy, you don't want to heckle. 
uh, back to people who are tough. The guy who booked the show real quick. Well, I'm, we gotta wrap this up. Uh, book show. His name's the Pickle Man. And the pickle he, man, pickle he, man. He looks like the, he looks. I'm serious. He has the body of the Philly fanatic with a Rod Stewart head on top of it. Bad, bad now, Rod. Let us let us get that. Okay, the body of the Philly fanatic. So like, like a big like a chicken hen, a and, hen, and the head of Rod Stewart. Yes, right. <laughs> that sounds horrible. It's it's what is a horrible description, right? And he takes his Rod Stewart wig off. He has a shaved bald head, and he goes, "Who do I look like up here, Vin Diesel or Rod Stewart?" And you I look see, like you go. Well, exactly. Well, I'm in the back room. We've seen a fat guy with a bald head, and I go, "Gomez, yeah. all right." And uh, but um. He, he, he went up and did 20 minutes, uh, and he, there's, there was an African-American gentleman in the audience. Pickleman goes up and starts impersonating uh, Jesse Jackson, going, I ain't got snow. And so, oh, my God, holy crap. Using all the, yeah, yeah. Uh, stereotypic story, things you can't say in, in, in today's, t- the, the, you know, today, yeah. the year of 2022. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, ridiculous. But real, real quick, in South Philadelphia, by where Wood lives at, it's called the Oregon Diner. It's where, I think... Italian people hanging out in South Philly, all right? Well, they had a comedy show there one time. Yes. And Ed McGonigal, friend of the show, uh, he's, he was just up here earlier wearing that blue shirt sitting up here. Here you go. Uh, he's a little guy. He's 4'11", 98 pounds of civic fury. Um, he walks on stage in South Philly at this Oregon diner, and some cousin Christ, cousin Christopher from the Soprano type guys, you know, young Italian thugs were in there yelling, and Eddie was the opener, or the host. Eddie walks up on stage. He's four foot eleven, ninety eight pounds. He, buy, he buys his suits where I get my ventriloquist dummy suits, right? All right. Oh look, hey, what's that? Is that a is that a, 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 a JC Payne shirt? No, Oscar Spaghetti. <laughs> so Eddie, Eddie, he didn't go out for Halloween. He didn't go out to, for Halloween this year because someone put a stick over the cat door. But uh, he, uh, um, so Eddie walks on stage and he's dressed up and he's a big giant well, yellow tie. Right, and it, okay. it, it, it's it's really it's wide looking. Like yeah, he, he dresses like uh, you know, he looks like a highway with, yeah. with a street. That's how big the so he walks on stage in the South Philly club, and uh, for some reason this Italian guy yells out, "I'm gonna make you eat that effing tie!" <laughs> right, and I, I go to Eddie. I go, Ed, what you doing? He goes, "He said eh, this guy doesn't like ties." So I go, "What did what did Pickle Man, the Booker, say to the guy?" Oh. Pickle man leaned over and said, "Hey, settle down over there." <laughs> but at least he said something there. Yeah. Okay, nobody said nothing at this other uh, at uh, Fran Lee's this week. No, nobody said anything. And then that's that's when you when you're, you're a comedy trooper, you grin and grin and bear it, punch your clock, grin and bear it, and and. I, I, you know, people are out to have a good time. I don't think hecklers uh, actually know what they're doing. Okay, or they just. They just need a little attention, you know, and I, I've seen I've seen comedians go off on hecklers and just it stops the whole mood of the oh show. My God. It just destroys it. And I just I try to do it through kindness. OK, I just go, oh, you can say anything you want, you know, and I let them say something and, then you know, and then maybe I'll give them a little backhand shot. But I'm not going to go, hey, do you know what you're doing? I'm up here. I'm trying to check, you know, I'm. Uh, 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 I've been on shows where some guys snap and they don't have any funny lines and they just attack the guy. Right. And there's always alcohol involved. So the person, yeah, right, um, I, 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 alcohol. And uh, but it's, it, it it can be really uncomfortable. And then then you have to start your comedy show over again. And like people, I told them, 
Yeah. It's so, un- and the show it's, usually yeah. gets horrible. Uh, the famous incident that's available online uh, from 30 years ago where the, the guy was in Colorado, I believe, and uh, someone was in Arkansas, and uh, he was a guitar act. Right. And someone came to the stage, and he goes, get back to me. And he takes the guitar and bangs over the guy's head and smashes the guitar over the guy's head. It's a famous video. Well, you hear the audience go, yo, you don't have to do that. That was uncalled for. He goes, no, you saw he was coming at me. He goes, you have to do that. And the guy had to get stitches, and there was a lawsuit and all that stuff. And then, But it's a, you, you probably seen the incident. It, it went, went around, on, but uh, just watch this. And when I do watch a video today, the heckler didn't deserve that. You know, security would have grabbed the guy. He, like that, that guitar player must have been thinking, I'm going to whack somebody with this the first, second chance I get. <laughs> It's you know, bong. <laughs> you're in a uh, you're in a situation uh, where alcohol is being served. You don't know what people are doing out in the uh, you yeah. know parking lot, or you know, or in the bathroom or something. They might be doing you know yeah. some sort of a, a, you know a vitamin. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, He's doing his you know, before. and then you're up there, and you're you know everybody cruises on uh, a sort of. Uh, insult comedy sometimes or you say something that people perceive as uh, being an insult and uh, and you know coupled with the alcohol you know you're a sitting target like my wedding um you john um no but, no no afraid not okay uh, all right <laughs> you have n- never had a wedding okay i had a wedding what happened i got married in a garage what happened i couldn't back out okay no, John. I I I understand. Hello, Bellevue. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Bellevue. <laughs> yeah. This is. Hello, I'm John. I'm phoning in my act. Here. Okay. Now, uh, right over there. What's look, that? What's that? That's uh, th- th- that famous uh, Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady. Look. Uh oh. He can't find a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> and no, but that's. So, so, People have hang-ups, okay, when they're, when they're in the audience and there's somebody getting more attention than them. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and sometimes you get it, you know, it, you can never classify a, uh, a heckler or you can never stereotype no. a heckler because I've been heckled by nuns and bikers, okay, both of them, uh, not at the same time, but at different things, you know, so you can never tell who's going to, uh, you know, who's going to spring one on you, like, you know. Show us your yeah. private areas, but uh, we, we might we might do a, a, a two two more seg- quick segments for the show. Oh, you're gonna do other segments? Well, you're gonna you you're gonna take a you uh, uh, questions for the legendary wit. Oh yeah, and I, I, I'm gonna look, I'm, and my tweets will be coming up. I'm all ears. <laughs> and what, uh, too corny, John. Too ugh, corny. Gotten himmel. Look. look. <laughs> I'm the colonel, all right? And I don't take this crop. Shucks, John. Okay. Here's my favorite. Right over here, sports sports diet. Look. Ty Cobb. Oh. Oh. I'm right. co- <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, we're going to uh, wrap up this this little segment for the show. But uh, thank you very much. Tell your friends about cancel culture. Check out. We're online now. You can see us on a nice video. We're wearing suits. We have dolls and puppets and books and bottles of water and antique phones that young people don't know how to use. And uh, the legendary Wid. 
Ladies and gentlemen, once again, for comedian John Kensel and Kensel Culture. Thanks. <laughs>